You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream. This is AfterBuzz TV for the Secret Circle. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Secret Circle news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues... It's After Buzz TV for the Secret Circle! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome to your After Buzz After Show for the Secret Circle, Season 1, Episode 15, titled Return. I am your host, as always, David Skifalitti. Welcome, and I am joined by the lovely Billy Nellis. Hi. Hi. And coming back. Jason Gallagher. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. we did not scare you off. No, not at all. I'm glad. I'm glad you're back. The yes. three musketeers. The three musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> Mia you. could not make it tonight again. Unfortunately, she's working. Wah, wah. We miss you, lady friend. Come back soon. Yes. Um, but I guess let's just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> This episode, I feel like, took us for such a... My chair feels funny. Sorry. (laughs) That was like an out loud thought. Um, Took us for like a really crazy roller coaster ride. And not everything was great, but things about it were awesome. I, I don't know. I'm feeling very conflicted. I think I'm the most conflicted because we're not, we don't have an episode for like three weeks now, and it was right. left on such a, a strange note, boring note. Like, like, I was yeah. like oh, yeah, that's what you're gonna leave us to sit up and think about for three weeks. Yeah, Cassie uh-huh. and Adam like <laughs> cuddling. That's what we keep getting at the end of these episodes. Last last week it was where you know. No, last uh, week we got Daddy. We got Daddy's hand. That's true. I guess in the last two seconds we yes. got Daddy. But then they had... I'm just surprised at how Adam and Cassie can go through these tumultuous evenings and in the middle of the <laughs> night have this nice little rendezvous together to be like, you know, that was hard, but at least we have each other. <laughs> the late night trysts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At the boathouse. At the boathouse. <laughs> God. But it's so... I don't <laughs> I know. There's it. just something about that pairing that doesn't has not worked for me Ever, it's never going to. It's no. so like FYI. it's so milk toast. It's like so bland. Milk toast. Good word for it. Yeah, you've never heard that. For it. No, never. What the hell is I'm, milk toast? Well, it like me. I mean, it comes from like this food that people used to eat where they just literally poured milk on toast, and it's so bland. And so, it's milk just, toast is something that's like the blandest toast. it can possibly be. Yeah, I've actually had that. <laughs> <laughs> I ate that in Argentina when I was like okay. seven years old, and it was actually quite delicious. Wow. Oh, it was I warm guess. milk with stale bread. Yeah, and, and it was tasty for me. I guess don't knock it till you try it. For, yeah, for us yeah, guys Billy. Right here, well, so. okay, centuries <laughs> of English. <laughs> Sorry, Argentina. <laughs> Regardless, they're very boring, and I'm yeah. over it. Yeah, no, I agree. They're very vanilla and. There's nothing interesting about their relationship as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There really isn't. And it's like they keep 
They keep trying. They're they trying pushing so it so hard, hard to make this I know, work. I know. And they it's almost they have to because they shot themselves in the foot in that first episode by talking, you know, they're this Romeo and Juliet written in the stars. They and they can't let go of that. And we'll never get over it unless one of them dies. It's, yeah. Ugh, which is the only answer. <laughs> kill one of them and then she can move on. Yeah. I mean, basically, I'm saying kill Adam. There yeah. you go. <laughs> we could survive that's without Thomas. That's one person Thomas. we need to have we die, need, that's If Adam. anyone's going to die, it's going to be Thomas Decker. I'm sorry, Thomas Decker. Yeah. If you're watching, which I'm sure you're not. <laughs> um, but, but if I, you are, call in. But if you are, call us. 424-256-1729. What? Uh. <laughs> um, but, I mean, at least in this episode, Melissa has... A strong storyline again, yeah, which yeah. I'm happy about because I do really like this girl and I'm rooting for her. <laughs> I, know. I really am. I don't know why, but I, she's like the only non-white person on the show. Yeah, and I like <laughs> I like diversity in my television shows, mm-hmm. and you know, everyone these days pushes for diversity on TV, on network, and cable, and she's the only one. At the moment, and we need her around to make sure that everybody's not white. Yeah. Right. And w- what? I was just going to say, that would be, I didn't think of it like that until just yeah. now, and it would be horrible if they killed her off or something, and then... I know, she's very light-skinned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we do, ha- we do have Seal mixed with Jaiman. <laughs> yes. Villain. But then he got Evan. the axe today. Not really. Not really. He was not he really. Disappeared. He disappeared. Oh. <laughs> he did disappear. He got, like... Vampire steak. He was a child. That's true. And <laughs> and he disappeared. Yeah. Um, but we see Melissa from week to week. She's always. I hit my microphone. I did it again. Um, from week to week, she is sort of like flitting around and like being the follower of Faye. And this week, she, her and Faye get invited by Callum to his house party I guess his warehouse party so like, he it, lives in a warehouse I know he's yeah. like wait a it minute it wasn't really a house there was like pool tables and a full bar I mean it was, and it was kind like, of like yeah, an awesome industrial. house I loved it it was I mean if I lived yeah. there I'd be very happy <laughs> but yeah. I mean we know that Callum doesn't have the best intentions at heart and he isn't the nicest person in the world no, no he ain't he's a little scummy he's like he's he looks scummy. dirty and not like a hot dirty. He's no, just he dirty. No, he just looks like he needs. He's needed a haircut for five years. And yeah, he lives in a warehouse, and I wouldn't go near it. <laughs> you would, but I would. Don't lie. Yeah, that's like a. Don't lie. It's I a house that you need a tetanus shot before you mm-hmm. go in. If that like, short man invited you <laughs> over for some random house party, you'd go. No, I know you would. No, you don't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna agree to disagree. Yeah. All right. We are. Everybody on the panel. (laughs) Um, But Melissa fell for it. Yeah. As she would because she's just searching for her own identity, I think, and trying to replace Nick. Still. Mm -hmm. Still. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's just, he's not a good guy. He brings out a power totem from what we learned about last week and he transfers power from himself to her they switch the totems and then he transfers power from her to him and he finds out that she's a witch and he like wants to it seems like he wants to take her power and i thought he did um and i'm curious what you guys thought about that whole exchange of the 
<laughs> I <laughs> really wanted to take part in that. That just seemed so <laughs> orgasmic and wonderful. <laughs> when they did it, I was like, oh, huh. I wanted to be done right by that power totem. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I think we might be able to make that happen. Oh no. I just, that was something that It was that kind I... of like the cone heads, how they have sex and they put those cones <laughs> on their hands and they're like, Wing. right? That is a very good analogy. Thank you. That's perfect. It's Spot exactly, on. It's exactly like it. I mean, she reacted that way she when Girl the, like, she basically had an orgasm. She loved it. Yeah. And I, I mean, he did too, obviously. He, you know, said that he could feel her power in it, you know. And I just, I, now I'm getting like schoolgirl tee hee hee Power totem, she could feel his power. Um, <laughs> oh, it went to a very dirty place very quickly. Yeah. That's fine. I blame the writers of Secret Circle. I do too. I'm completely virgin eyes, ears, everything. Yeah, it's so. the devil's spirit. It's the devil's <laughs> spirit, which she turned down. Yeah. Which I'm shocked. Yeah. I thought he was going to hand it to her and she was going to go face first into that little baggie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> White diamond. <laughs> Just jump right in. Literally. And be like, yes, give it to me. <laughs> I need to OD again. Yeah, but it, it seems that she's learned that lesson quickly, which I guess is good. She did, and she, she did learn tonight that he isn't a good guy and... Yeah. Melissa and Faye to me were the two that were the most roller coastery like you were talking about. Yeah. And because she was so just back and forth, like, is she making a bad decision? No wait, she's making a good decision. Is this gonna be bad? Oh wait, she reveals this great thing to Faye so that Faye will stop using this power totem. And yeah. I'm worried that in because I too want Melissa to stick around and everything. Especially mm-hmm. like tonight was such a great night that she had equal screen time and everything seemed yeah. valuable it wasn't her just writhing on the floor mm-hmm. the entire time she was on screen and she showed some like spine when she was in yeah. that room and she was like if you do think i have that power do you really want to test it like yeah. she was like not this weak melissa exactly bring it on and uh so oh, now it's I- already been brought that's right <laughs> i'm just worried that that it'll just go downhill when it comes back in march <laughs> Since <laughs> it's gonna be so long, like a month. But if she can roller coaster so quick in one episode, I just hope they. I know she did deal with a lot this week. Yeah, in one night. Yeah, yeah. or one day. Yeah, I hope ideas for Melissa haven't now all of a sudden been exhausted. And in March, <laughs> they're like, well, turns out she just really likes drugs. Yeah, or whatever it's going. Or be. she had to go away to visit her family. Yeah, yeah. go visit grandma in the clinic. Yeah, no, that's Cassie's grandma. Well, yeah, but I mean, that she'll go. She's gonna go visit day and then never come back, yeah. like Grandma. <laughs> oh God! I mean, I feel like the producers of this show and the same with Vampire Diaries—they sort of like don't particularly like Bonnie, and they don't particularly like Melissa. Which is weird. Of that like it's also, they're, they're the both the black, black girls. girls. <laughs> um, I think they're racist. <laughs> I need to take allegedly. that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, allegedly. Can I get a... The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. You can hosts. ignore everything <laughs> I say. <laughs> Always uh, and forever. I never know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to put that out there. Nobody's racist. No, but it is very weirdly coincidental. It is very weirdly yeah. coincidental that Bonnie seems to disappear as much as Melissa does. 
Well, I think that with both of these shows, and obviously, you know, they're the same production company, everything's the same, the people at the, at the top, they, they do this where they have their, like, main handful of characters and everybody else just comes in and out always. Right, they mm-hmm. sort of, like, surround them. Which I think works better in the world of Vampire Diaries. There's so few characters in the secret circle that when that does happen, it's very obvious, and you're like, wait, what? It's also very <laughs> odd because they are sort of this, like, entity where they, like, in the first episode, they, like, bound themselves yeah. together. And then one can just go away and no one cares. <laughs> right, yeah. and you sort of, like, wait, I thought they all needed to yeah. be there, or, like, it's... Yeah. doesn't seem right, but... Yeah. Faye doesn't seem to care, ever, Right? I mean, she's sort of la-di-da about everything. <laughs> and I kind of yeah. love that scene when when Diana called and was really worried, and she was like, oh, yeah, I like, trying to realize that she should be, like, concerned. It was like, it was like she was sort of realizing she's a sociopath, and she was like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to think that, because that's what a person She was does. painting her right. nails. <laughs> yeah. Black, I'm by the way. Totally worried. She's like, yeah, I, she is my best friend, so I'm, yeah, we should do something. I Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I kind of... Oh, I thought it was great. That was a good little I mean, bit. whoever came up with that idea thought it was absolutely fantastic to sort of, like, put her in this sort of um, aloof state of mind where she is aware of the fact that she should be caring, but that she really doesn't, doesn't actually anyway. care yeah. until it involves her. Yeah. Yeah. But they she ran directly to Lee, which was probably the smartest thing she's done in a really long time, I think. And... Whether or not he has the best intentions at heart, he was the best person to go to to just sort of find Melissa. Yeah. yeah. And he leads them directly to her, which is sort of to his benefit and to a great fault of his own. Um, saying that there are two types of voodoo. There's the left hand and the right yeah, hand, that. which was very confusing. And, yeah. Uh, Callum is the left-handed guy and he's a right-handed guy. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't... It was a very strange way to explain voodoo. <laughs> and I wonder I if there's any actual fact in that, in that. If anyone knows and would like to call in, because I have literally no idea if they're just writing nonsense. I mean, it's very possible that they are sort of taking this whole fiction thing to a new level, but right. from but the way they talk about like these these sort of factions of magic, that's something that's in like lore of magic, right? And, and yeah. so one would assume that they did research. They found voodoo. something that was like right-handed, but that just seemed so basic but, like, and weird. Yeah. Anything that I I personally have ever heard of voodoo is like voodoo is sort of like the the tourist version of that whole world and like hoodoo is the real magic oh I have never even heard of that I don't whenever I hear voodoo hoodoo I just think of David Bowie in the labyrinth if you are familiar oh and that God, song the power of voodoo yeah hoodoo you do <laughs> do what remind me of the babe anyway uh, you're not gonna get that if you haven't seen that show it stars David Bowie and David <laughs> Bowie's show. crotch it's a movie yeah and a very young Jennifer Connelly and a whole bunch of puppets when she still had big eyebrows she still has, sort of has big eyebrows. I don't think Jennifer yeah. Connelly's aged in like 15 years. She literally always she looks the same. She yeah. always looks incredible. She looks great. I but for her. What was I going to say before? Oh, um, I don't know about the voodoo. That that it, it almost seems so far-fetched that it is made up. But then another part of me is like, well, if it seems that far-fetched, it's got to be real. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that the, like, the other thing to keep in mind, though, is that 
Lee seems to never even be knowing what he's talking about either. I think that like 95% of what Lee says is Lee has made up. I feel like that's a testament more to the actor playing the part and less Mm. having to do with what he's being told to say. Because there's something about the way... His name's Gray Damon, right? Yeah. Plays Lee. I just... I I don't believe anything he says. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the way that they want us to see this character or just the way that I, he's I guess the like only reason that I him. think that it's what the intention is is the way that we know he's lying. Well, yeah. And everything he's doing is to further this one goal that he hasn't revealed to anybody. And I think that Except us as viewers, right. we're very aware but of But I think it. that everything he says to Faye that sort of explains that he is good and that other people are bad and that there is some sort of real thing in this voodoo that Mm -hmm. he's doing and it's not just a bunch of crap that he bought at a party store and has in his garage is to push getting his girlfriend to wake up which we saw worked and so I think that a lot of it is either he's full of crap and isn't what he's talking about or he's making up or he's lying I I don't think we can really take anything (laughs) that he said at face value and believe it whatsoever no not at all and I mean we we saw him say that that Callum is a user and he's going to use anybody that he can, including Melissa, and he's going to use them for what he can gain from them. But Lee's sort of doing the same thing and Callum calls him out on that. And he's like, I'm a user, you're a user, it's what we do. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, pot calling the kettle black. Right? Or he was blatantly discriminatory towards left-handed people. <laughs> and we can say that was a fact. We can he say was that is a fact. discriminating that against lefties. So, But for me, if his ultimate goal is to wake up his girlfriend, why is he making out with Faye? Well, it seemed to be that's what yeah. did it. Oh. I thought it was him breaking the power totem. I thought that's that was thought like too. completing the spell. Like a release of energy that was then <gasps> yeah. brought up into her. It sort of felt to me like the, the completion the was the kiss. Mm. Maybe. He's somehow bound to her and he drew it out was how I read it. All right. I'll and go the totem, with that. The, I mean, the we'll have to wait and see, I guess, yeah, when the nothing. girlfriend wakes up. Well, after she like starts to speak, right? Yeah. We'll have to see like how it comes into play, right? And Callum does say in this episode that he was so in love with his girlfriend that a, a tight ass and and pretty face isn't really going to distract him from that, right? Absolutely. His words, not mine. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know why You're I said like that. So on the defense. <laughs> I am like very defensive tonight. I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong, I swear. <laughs> that was a quote. <laughs> it was a quote. <laughs> sort of. Oh my god. Um, I think most importantly though, in this episode, Daddy is back. Mm-hmm. And I literally mm-hmm. wrote that Daddy's back. <laughs> Um, and he, I was so happy to actually get to see his face yes. and get to see him interact with Cassie and and be a positive, in quotes, I think, for this point in mm-hmm. yeah. our journey, um, <laughs> influence on Cassie. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad he's back. <laughs> I'm so I he was Well, I'm happy that Cassie has somebody in her life because at the beginning of the episode they sort of teased us with the return of grandma. That tease made yeah. me angrier than anything that's happened to me all week. <laughs> really? I really am angry. Like, did they fire this woman? What happened to this woman playing the I am genuinely concerned for question. the actress. Like, why? <laughs> what? 
I, I just I was so angry that we got played in that first five minutes. I was yeah. so happy that Grandma was coming back. Yeah. I was like, thank goodness Cassie's moving out of Diana's house. Um, Diana has this really heartbreaking line <laughs> where she says, why do all the men in my life like you better than me? And then she's like, yeah. just kidding! Oh, but she's not. But she's not. She's so, not. so depressing. It was really sad. So depressing. Her own father is like, it feels like my youngest daughter is moving out. And now her dad also has just this haircut that doesn't work for him. No. <laughs> I like this haircut. Well, it, you, as you said, that you guys have the same haircut. We but your, the haircut. Yours is longer. Yours, mine's a little bit longer. Yeah. And yours fits for your head very well. His, yeah, when he had it, made him look like head. a pinhead. Yeah. You, your, his was like too short, and it was yeah. like, it was not the full length of his head. Like, it didn't. Yeah. It was like, stop. Well, yeah. Like I think it was, it was sort of necessary that he got. Like a different hairstyle because he's been sporting that middle part yeah. since Queer as Folk, and I think it's time to <laughs> disassociate up. himself with that character, with Brian Kenny, so that we can look at him in a different it light. Really and it aged sort of him, it did though, age him a lot, which I don't yeah. know that I like. Well, you know, John Blackwell, the actor playing John Blackwell, seems to be a lot older. Mm-hmm. Just well, in general than any but any of the other parents. And John even says, he explains to Cassie that the elders took the power from her mother's generation right. and it mm-hmm. affected him as well. So he doesn't seem to be, he even part acknowledges that. that he's yeah. not part of that generation. He just he's, happens to be her father. He's separate. Yeah. So I feel like he must have been an outsider who came to Chance Harbor. I think there's much more to that story. and I don't That think, we haven't learned yet? Yeah. That's the sort of thing that I get. Like he came yeah. in and sort of seduced them or something happened, but I don't he definitely didn't grow up with these everyone else. Oh, interesting. Cuz I always assumed for some reason that he was part of their circle. I did too until today, until he said that. I thought the same thing. I think that just like <laughs> right over my head. Yeah, he did definitely say that it took yeah. her her mother's generation's power and it also affected him. Well, either way, he doesn't have any magic of his own. Right. Mm-hmm. Or so we think. Yeah, he says. that's what he's telling us now. That is what he's telling us now. And we see this a whole struggle with Cassie. She gets kidnapped, of course, because Cassie's like, I can take care of myself. <laughs> I live alone in my grandma's house. Yeah. And there's witch hunters coming. But there's witch hunters coming myself. for you. I have solo magic. I can be, I'll be fine on my own. Except not anymore because she bro- she destroyed the medallion. But she still yeah. has solo magic. The medallion only made her stronger, I think. That's true. She did have the the whole, like, when she... Was it when she was buried alive that she didn't have the medallion yet? And she yes. was like... And so and she was able to bust out mm-hmm. then and all that. Yep. So, yeah. She does... She is capable of non-medallion magic. She really reminded me of Ariel, Circa the Little Mermaid, today. Oh my god, how? In her... I've been, I'm like... I'm 16 and I can defend myself. This Ooh. is a quote from Ariel. This is a quote for sure. I'm 16. I'm not a child. And then she wants to get married to a human. Um, <laughs> or like Lee Soul from The Sound of Music. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who thinks she's an adult at 16? Yeah. We think we have the, the world answered when we're 16. I sure did. I sure as hell did not. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Yeah. I was in a much better place than I am now. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a horse of a different color. <laughs> right. <laughs> On another note, Cassie does seem to have the world at her fingers, mm-hmm. being a young teenage witch. And she's got 
Adam pining after her and Jake pining after her and and Jake is always so willing to come to the rescue at this point in her life and so is Adam. Yeah. Even after getting the warning from his father that John is not somebody that any of them need to be dealing with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jake strikes a deal with the witch hunters. Very admirable, I think, and and John sort of says the same thing at the end of the day where he's he knows that Jake had his daughter's in best intentions at heart. Um, I'm just, I'm still so confused about how Adam sort of comes into play into all of this and I feel like they're sort of forcing him down our throats. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. they're trying to like shoehorn him into the story and there's like no organic way for him to be there. Right. Like yeah. whatsoever at this point. It just doesn't fit. <laughs> because I feel like if they want, if they wanted Adam to be Cassie's like major love interest, why wasn't he the one running into Blackwell's old house, like their witch house? Like, why was it Jake? Yeah. I right. mean, it makes sense that it was Jake because he would know where to go to find the witch hunters and then strike the deal mm-hmm. um, to trade over Blackwell for Cassie. But, but Adam is really just like, oh, your dad's here. Oh, my dad said to avoid him. Yeah. So I'm not going to do anything anymore. Right, but he yeah. did call Diana, even though I thought he said Hannah. <laughs> it was still yeah, pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just hate that character so much. I know, sorry. I know. I have something really fun in News and Gossip that I didn't put um, on your page of News and Gossip because I wanted to keep it a secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what were you going to say? You said looked like you had something on your lips, Jason. I need more explanation as to why... Cassie and Adam's family are connected. And I think that's what they're trying, they're sort of trying to get at is that they are linked or they're supposed to be fated together, but it just isn't working for them physically, personally. The thing is, is that there hasn't been an explanation as to why their families are linked. Yeah. Yeah. And what's even weirder is that. Ethan is, says that he was supposed to be linked with, with Cassie's Amelia. mom, with Amelia. Yeah. yeah. And then Cassie's supposed to be linked with Adam. Or are they only supposed to be linked yeah. because Ethan and Amelia didn't link? I'm, that's, See, we need. Those are the we questions need that need to be answered, I yeah. think, for everybody. Yeah. For the sake of everybody. Um, because that's just, like, too big of a thing to throw out there as a plot point and then never address again. Totally. And just think, like, no one will remember that. Like... Yeah, we all remember. Yeah. <laughs> we do. What else do we do but watch TV and talk about it? Right. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Clearly, remember. nothing. Oh. oh my god, that's so loud. <laughs> it scared me. Oh, Christ. clearly, we do nothing else. Um, <laughs> I literally just had a heart attack. Right now. <laughs> oh man, I am sorry about that. <laughs> um, I think. The only other thing that's worth mentioning in this episode is that we saw circle magic mm-hmm. happen tonight, mm-hmm. and it's been a really long time since we've seen all of them perform a spell together to make something happen where Cassie's been spelled to kill her father, yeah. and Jake was actually involved in it. Mm-hmm. That um, got me really excited. <laughs> Whole, it was exciting to see all of them It was exciting together. and so cheesy. So cheesy. Their spells are awful. I loved it. Lock, spells, lock. The, <laughs> clap on, the, clap off. Right. It's, the, the, like, the, the spells are so basic. and it, They're awful. They really and are And I awful. can't help but always 
compare the magic in the secret circle to the magic in the vampire diaries and i apologize to anybody who watches us and listens who doesn't also watch that show but i do that only because they're written by the same author of books everything is so linked and the with same producers shows. and the same like so i can't help but compare them right. they air after each other it just happens but the magic on the vampire diaries is always handled in such a way that it doesn't fall into that cheesiness because you never actually hear what she's saying you just sort of see her like muttering it when when Bonnie is cider, right. sort of performing a spell and it sort of keeps this air of like, okay, there's something really happening here that we don't even understand. And then because the magic has to be so front and center on this show, it's so basic and literally it's fire out. Like, that's just what they yell over and over. and it, Right, and you'd hope and you'd expect that, like, the producers of the Vampire Diaries who have put so much into their witch characters that they would do the same for a show solely about witches. And I mean, I've never read the books. I don't know if in the secret circle, if their magic is as basic as that. And they just were like, well, that's what we got to do. But maybe, I don't know. It just seems, it does seem very <laughs> like you're in fifth grade and you're spell. But <laughs> the end of this episode, what we're left with is John is staying in town until Evan. Mm hmm. Until he figures out what Evan is doing, because we did see that he got thrown against a tree and impaled, and he did disappear. So Mm -hmm. whatever Evan is dealing with, John is staying in town to figure out. Um, So Cassie does have some sort of (laughs) adult figure in her life. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether or not they're living together is yet to be seen. Um, And And whether or not he... Is good or bad. (laughs) And Cassie and Adam... Appear to be madly in love. They canoodle. <laughs> they canoodle. Yeah. Yeah. I just I won't talk about that. I anymore. can't. I can't even handle it. Yeah. Um, and the uh, Lee's girlfriend wakes up. Lee's mm-hmm. girlfriend. That's something I'm curious. Excited about. Excited to see. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm excited to see where they're taking that. One issue I had with yeah. the very end is I hate how John Blackwell is all powerful, but he was so easily beaten down by a branch. It was yeah, a stinking what? branch. She wrapped it with something. What was it? Yeah. She knew, that she knew what she, she was, was doing, but spelled. she sort of didn't at the right. same time. So whatever, there was something in there. I think that's also interesting is what they sort of talked about is who was Evan and the people working with. What witch was working with them. Right, and how did they, he how know, they know how to, to do, do all of this yeah. stuff? Yeah. Um, that I'm very intrigued on who is helping them. Mm-hmm. And if it's somebody we've met or not. Yeah. Because Evan, Hey guys, do you want to take a phone call real quick? Um, let's, let's talk to him. Yeah, let's take the phone call now. All right, here we go. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, what's up? It's Casey. Hey, Casey. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Lovely. Thank you for calling us. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. What do you think of tonight's episode? Um, yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting just to see finally see um, Blackwell and um, just uh, it was it was uh, I don't know it was it was kind of confusing but I liked it at parts it was confusing but I liked it. Did you have so, any yeah. um, questions about the episode or ideas or thoughts that you sort of came up with while you were watching the episode? Um, I think, uh, one of the biggest points that I saw, um, I don't know if you guys agree or 
not, but, um, like, I think this episode kind of showed that even though you may not be a witch, that you can still, like, do weird stuff. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, like, it um, totally does. I mean, that's what we were just talking about, is how Evan has yeah. this knowledge that he was able to put these like weird drops in Cassie's eye and her mouth and then he like mm-hmm. muttered something and was able to sort of control her yeah in essence yeah. and and spell her into doing his his bidding yeah yeah and the voodoo guys too like i we don't know if they have any sort of magical history in their families or anything but somehow these right. ordinary appearing guys are able to at least somehow manipulate the power of these witches which i think is is interesting oh, yeah. too i agree i think that's always been so interesting with the witch hunters that they've their their sole purpose and their their mission is to sort of rid the world of witchcraft but yet at every turn, they try to use witchcraft against the witches. Right. And it's very interesting to see people who clearly think this is such sort of an abomination, and yet that's what they use against them. Mm-hmm. That's such a weird, like... Dichotomy. Yeah. God, what's dichotomy. Dichotomy. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> that's not what came out. Um, what else <laughs> came up for you? What other issues did you have, Casey? Uh, um... I don't know the like for some reason I think um, when Blackwell said he his magic is gone I was actually really surprised um, I want to know if you guys thought that if he's lying or because after the, I think the medallion episode where Cassie called him and he had that medallion star in his hand so it kind of didn't really make sense for him to say he didn't have any powers or magic so I wonder if you guys, what you guys thought about that. If you thought maybe he is like telling the truth about that. Uh, the only reason I think he is is because when he was almost being killed, he didn't. He had no power to stop that. Mm-hmm. And if he oh, had, yeah, and if he yeah. had any power, I feel like he would have done something to make that end. Um, but on this, on the other hand, he did say that he didn't want to hurt Cassie. Right, but I think he also could have put out a fire and not hurt Cassie too if he had any. He's an adult witch. I feel like there could have, you know, if he had power, he could have figured out something else later that wouldn't hurt her either. So that was the only reason why I thought, and and I don't, I think that that, that scar in his hand was from when he used the medallion to disappear, and that mm-hmm. was before anyone lost their power. So that, I don't think it was any sort of indication that he still had any power. That was just a remnant of that night on the boat mm-hmm, to right. sort of tell us who he was that was standing outside of her house. Um I mean, I think there's a lot to be questioned about John. We clearly know nothing about him at this point, and there's little trust to be given to him. But I, I, I do think that there's maybe a bit of honesty in the fact that he doesn't have power. That's why he came back and he wanted the medallion so badly. Right. That was his main goal, was to get the medallion back from her. So I do think there's a bit of truth to his, maybe not complete lack, but at least a diminishing of his power that's happened over time, and he wants it back. But he does also say that it was the best thing that happened to him when it got taken away and he wished that it had happened sooner. So, I mean, there's so many things floating in the air regarding him that there's a lot to be seen in the second half of this season. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to be desired mm-hmm. <laughs> about John. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to discuss, Casey, before we head off to a commercial break? Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, I just want to bring up uh, one last point. Uh, when uh, Adam and... Uh, when Blackwell came to the boathouse and uh, 
Ethan was there. Uh, I was just wondering, do you guys think um, the next episode will, uh, regarding four episodes back when Ethan was at the fire, do you think um, things of that nature will start coming up? Because I honestly don't think Ethan's as innocent as he seems. I think, um, you know, he's obviously shocked that Blackwell was there and maybe, like, exposed some secrets. So I was wondering, like, what he thought of Ethan's reaction and also just, like, um, him being at the um, fire 16 years ago and lying about it. Yeah, I th- I think that, I mean, part of it definitely is he never thought Blackwell would come back and Blackwell clearly knows what happened that day. And if mm-hmm. if what they've wanted us to think has been revealed about Ethan, that he did play some sort of villainous hand in the fire, then yeah, I do think that Ethan is definitely terrified that John has come back and could expose him for what he had done. Um, But I think that that is all so up in the air because we don't know anyone's motivation at this point because all of the adults are so vaguely defined and their motivations are so, so vague, still 15 episodes in, that he depends on her. There's so many things that like play off of each other that we don't know anything about them yet. Um, but I think what's most interesting is that now that John is back into the forefront, we are going to start to learn a lot more about what happened mm-hmm. 16 years ago. And I think more of the truth is going to be revealed to us. Yeah. And that's, I think, the device that they found to sort of bring that truth yeah. into light, which I'm excited about because we've been waiting a while. <laughs> we've been waiting a long yeah. time for it. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for calling in. A second time tonight. Yeah. We, <laughs> no problem. We really appreciate it. Um, we're going to head off to a commercial break and we're going to come right back with your AfterBuzz TV news and gossip. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. AfterBuzz TV. Hi. I was once like you. A lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different aftershows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? AfterBuzz TV News. Secret Circle's Phoebe Tonkin charms in style Australia. Native Australian Phoebe Tonkin revisits her roots in a new spread of in style Australia's March 2012 issue. In the mag, the Secret Circle star star gets glam in spring's most gorgeous styles, textures, and silhouettes. Let's see if we can get some of the pictures up onto the screen for you guys to see. Give us one second here. This is sort of, I think, just one of the r- r- random <laughs> photos 
from the shoot. I don't have any information on this picture, but she does look quite stunning. It's a, it's it's a, a weird girl. filter. It is, it, it is a very strange filter, but... I like that. It's a, she looks beautiful. It's cool. Yeah. Shorter hair and... Yeah. Very stunning. Let's mm-hmm. jump over to the next photo. In this next photo, she is wearing Camila and Mark and Phoebe Tonkin. Looks sexy and stylish without showing a lot of skin. She says, quote, if you're comfortable, you'll feel sexy. Sexiness doesn't come from wearing something revealing. <laughs> I'm really into those pants. Yeah. <laughs> Giant eye patterned floral pants. Yeah. I want a pair of my own. <laughs> really good. In. I know. <laughs> really, really good. Um, in the next picture, she is wearing Carla with a capital K, and she tries on the see-through trend, saying, I oh. totally wear sheer. After a spray tan, this look is modern and sexy, naughty, and nice. I like that one a lot, actually. Yeah. It's really good. In the next picture, Phoebe Tonkin channels old Hollywood glam in a draped silk and tulle dress, and she said she felt like a princess. Ooh. She looks like a princess. She does look like a princess. I mean, she photographs yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I wish it had been um, a little bit further back. Yeah, I want to yeah. see the full dress. Me too. Absolutely. Um, and in the last photo from this spread, she's wearing Louis Vuitton, and she admits that she's single and loving it. She said, quote, I'd like to say my boyfriend is my job. We spend at least 17 hours a day together <laughs> every day. <laughs> I love the 50s glam is coming back. I do too. It's it's so classy and they just knew how to make clothes fit a woman back then. And I think also her her face and her body type just fits that world so well because she has a very classic beauty to her. Uh, Yeah. I stick by my claim that she's the hottest of the witches. I think so as well. I'll go with you on that now. I'll agree with you. Yeah. I'm there. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Chris Zilka broods in V-Man's spring 2012 issue. Chris Zilka gets included in V-Man's Hollywood Generation Next alongside Nick Krause from The Descendants, Ian Harding of Pretty Little Liars, Colton Haynes from Teen Wolf, Cord Overstreet from Glee, Peter Vack from MTV's I Just Want My Pants Back, Alexander Ludwig from The Hunger Games, and Josh Henderson of The Dallas Remake. Wearing a white dinner jacket by Salvatore Ferragamo, shirt, sh- excuse me, shirt, shoes, bow tie, and pants by Giorgio Armani and he has never looked better. He answered a few questions and let them know that the scariest thing about the acting industry is the unknown, and his ideal role is the next one. I'm not reading your second sentence. (laughs) I'm going to read it. Well, don't worry, Chris, because with three movies in the can, all slated to come out later this year, we think you'll be okay. He will be. And more Chris Zilka, y'all. And he loves his fans. The Secret Circle's resident stud made the day of Chloe Hoy, who had the pleasure of interviewing him at Moscrip Secondary School when he stopped by for a surprise visit. I was surprised, she said. I was really happy he could be there in person because I was hoping to get an interview. But the filming schedule is really hectic, Chloe said. I tried to be calm. He was really friendly and humble, and he was easy to talk to. You can be inspired by anyone who does any 
anything, Chris told Chloe. Sitting here with you is inspirational. Dreamy sigh. <laughs> so what else did these two chat about? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to wait and to catch Chloe's full interview. It's going to be at the end of March on MossGripSecondary.com. Is that a Canadian school? I, I'm going to assume that it's a Canadian. Well, they film like, in Toronto and nowhere, right. nowhere in yeah. the U.S. calls junior high secondary school no. anymore. So. I'm, I'm going to assume that it's a Canadian school. And I have one more little piece of news and gossip for my co-hosts that I kept a secret for them and for you listeners and viewers out there you can do this too it is quiz time who is your secret circle boyfriend oh no it's raining men and (laughs) I love it it's raining men in Chance Harbor, and it's time to pick your man-witch poison. Put down those <laughs> oh. Dawson's Creek DVDs and turn off the Adele mix, girl. Because it's <laughs> I didn't write that. Because it's time to find out who your true on-screen love matches on the secret circle. Is it brooding Jake Armstrong with his deep V-necks? Or could your love be faded in the stars to pensive dreamboat Adam Conant? Take our quiz to find out if you're destined to find true love with Jake, Adam Lee, Callum, or Hot Dad Charles Mead. Um, you have to log on to wetpaint.com, unfortunately, to take the quiz. Oh, I took I the quiz earlier and I got Adam. Uh, I, got Adam I don't want to jump Adam. at my window. Of course. And I'm really <laughs> concerned what it's going to say about me if, if I get There's only Callum. like five <laughs> questions and they're like very obvious questions, but it was fun to take. Yeah. Um, but that is your AfterBuzz TV news and gossip for the week of February 16th. And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. All right, we are nearing the end of our show, and I think with a break from now until March 15th, there's not much we can predict because a lot can happen in our characters' lives from now until then that we won't probably see, but we did see in the preview that... Um, it looks like John is sort of attacking his old friends. Mm-hmm. That's it's, what it looked like. It's almost like he was, it seemed to me that he was making his presence known. Right. And the headline said, we all must pay for the sins of our father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I, the most thing that I'm most excited about, we saw in a brief second where Don was like, hello, Charles. And I'm very excited to, to find out who the second Blackwell right. child is. Right. If it is, in fact, Faye. Faye, mm-hmm. who I've been... I've been predicting since the minute we found out there was a second one yeah. that it would be Faye. That has always been. And if it isn't, I will literally, I don't know, like, I'll be angry if You'll I You'll roll over. Wrong. Yeah. You'll take off the jacket next time yeah. and just wear the tank top? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to agree with you on that prediction that it is Faye, especially tonight when Callum was talking to Lee and he said something about how Lee in the past had mentioned that it felt like Faye's power was off the charts, and that's mm-hmm. why he picked her to like get the power for his dead girlfriend, or comatose girlfriend. Um, I'm also going to predict that in the, you know, coming up on March 15th episode, um, they had a really cl- quick clip of Cassie, like, having a wooden stake yeah. or something going, you should have stayed away. My prediction is it's not about her father. That would have no, been too it, easy. That's too you know? easy. Um, it has to be about the witch hunters. Right. So that's that's all I got. <laughs> I, mean, I have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So we'll see you guys in March. And from everyone here at AfterBuzz TV, myself, David Skifalitti, my co hosts, Billy Nellis and Jason Gallagher, we thank you for tuning in. Thanks, y'all. And we'll see you in March. Yeah. Have, have a, a good, good night. Month. <laughs> 
advocate. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. After Buzz TV.